the tagline for this movie, love kills. Snooze. What a lame. See, anytime you read the tagline and they're bad, yeah. I feel like that's often like, I'm just going to look at taglines now before I go see a movie. If there's anything that you and I can say we've done in our lives, it's that we will make people look at taglines and be like, nope, that tagline doesn't nope. cut the mustard. Can't go to that film. <laughs> I mean, I've worked with filmmakers before trying to help them come up with taglines. And I think it's really important. Yeah. Sometimes they're like, oh, no, no. I'm like, no, you need to like get the essence of it right. Yes. Or else it's very hard to sell. Horror Movie Survival Guide is a weekly podcast where I, gorehound Julia Marchesi, delves into my horror notebook to corrupt one of my longtime chums, Terry Gamble, who is hiding in the creepy horror closet. My mission is to learn the gospel of horror movie survival and to incorporate Julia's wealth of wisdom to become a final girl disciple. Join us as we take a deep dive into everything from OG horror to newly released films, but preferably classics on VHS. We'll talk about obscure details that no one else notices, spin off into alternate casting universes, crush on some dodgy foxy fellows and creepy uncles, and arm ourselves with the knowledge necessary to become the the final girl. Welcome to Horror Movie Survival Guide. Guide yeah. I'm Julia. I'm Terry. And we are talking about this week's 1987's Sister, Sister. Sister. Not or, the other one to be confused with the 90s sitcom. <laughs> well, we wouldn't be doing it if it was a sitcom. I know. I just don't think it's funny because people are like, I think I told somebody, I'm like, we're going to do Sister, Sister. Like, uh, I was like, no, no, no. This is what I think of when I think of Sister, Sister, but I'm one of the three people in the world who have seen this movie, which I can tell you because. I'm, I'm, wait, am I four let, now? <laughs> let me just tell you what the box office is the budget box offices for this because okay. it's kind of amazing. Okay. Budget for this movie, four million dollars. Yes. Yeah. This is what it made. And it's so highly specific. I'm gonna read you the specific number. Oh I don't god. know why it's so oh my specific. God. Oh my god. Seven hundred and forty three thousand dollars, four hundred and forty-five. <gasps> oh god. That's pretty How fucking they, sad. This is okay. It's Bill Condon. Man. I know. This is I know this it's is, his directorial debut. This is his first, yeah. This is his first film. This is one of my favorite directors. This is partly why I got really excited about it too, because I saw the thing, A, Eric Stoltz, and I like looked for those like Bill Condon. Yeah. Um, Chicago dream right. girls, like basically like, he wrote the screenplay for the greatest showman. Like he is a music theater, like God of a director making this very strange thriller mystery thing that he like wrote as well. Uh-huh. Um, all right. I mean, directorial debut. Here we go. Um, so this, uh, the first minute of this film we get, but Eric Stoltz ass. We get butt. And we get Jennifer Jason Lee and tits. Boobs. I, First I minute. I was like, and tits and I wrote butt and boobs in my notes. <laughs> you got the PG version. I totally did. I totally Julie did. is the R version. I was like, but so early exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. And boobs. Whoa. I literally wrote. No. Whoa. No, I just got tits and ass. Yeah. And it's, then there's all these candles and I was yeah. like, this is very sexy. This is, I mean, you give the audience what they want in the first minute. I say, I well not- done. I did not know I was in for that right away. And I was like, all right, movie, I'm here for you now. Mm-hmm. You gave me some good, good right away at the first minute. But minute. then she falls asleep and she's dreaming and the dream turns into a nightmare and she starts drowning in her own bed. It's yeah, all there's very like rain. There's like a crack in the ceiling mm-hmm. and then like rain kind of gushes out and like there's a storm happening around her. And then there's a crucifix close up. And I was like, oh, gosh. Jesus got to ruin this like moment. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> always watching. You. Always watching. Always watching. And so like he, the crucifix like shakes off the wall or whatever too. And you're like, oh no, is this real? And then I was like, oh no, it's no. a dream. 
uh, but we really are um, in Louisiana. Um, they live in a place called the Willows, um, which is established in 1831, just to mm-hmm. be specific. It's a swampy bayou little place. Uh-huh. And you can feel the the condensation. Humidity. Like, yes. And I got to, I mean, this movie's strange, but I kind of, it's got almost that kind of twisted Tennessee Williams, like faded, crumbling glory thing going for 100%. it. 100%. It's a little Grey Gardens kind yeah. of. These sisters, you know, like they're on this beautiful plantation, you know, this estate that clearly has seen better days once we realize, um, you know, what's going on there. But it's stunning and it does have that drippiness. And I love stuff that's set in like that swampy bayou, bayou mm-hmm. situation right. because you never know what's going to gurgle up or what's going to be swallowed into yes. that swamp. Right. Because it's kind of like where you're living on the edge of a forest where it's like nature's right there and nature's mm-hmm. going to do whatever it wants to do. And you're like living at nature's mercy and that kind of feeling of unsteadiness always kind of creeps into Absolutely. this kind of crumbling gothic genre. Yeah. Um, so we we have Etienne, who is this incredibly adorable Trapper, yeah, he's adorable. He's like the guy who works on the estate, basically, and he's, they're like little handyman. But he, yeah. he and, and Lucy maybe have a little like they've been lifelong friends, so they've been 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 playing together their whole lives. Is that they true? Louisiana accent? Love each other so much. <laughs> you know, I was just watching the estate. You know, and so yeah, so they grew up together. They have a a, a fun flirtation with each other through the swamp, basically. Um, and we meet uh, Charlotte, who is the older sister, and mm-hmm. then we have Lucy, who is Jennifer. Who at first when they first talked, because I didn't read a lot, I read a little bit, but not a lot about it. And I thought it was her mom for a second. And I was yeah. like, oh, because she looks old enough to be her mom. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, yeah, it took me a second. And I was like, oh no, that's her sister telling her not to play with Etienne. And telling her, asking her if she's taken her pills. And Lucy's saying she doesn't need to take the pills anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm wondering what pills does she need? Why does she need mm-hmm. pills? Is she sick? What kind of sick is she? Right. Because Jennifer Jason Lee's given that kind of fragile, fragile Southern Belle situation. On, you know, mentally perhaps unstable. That's why it feels a little Tennessee Williams in that way. Exactly. Too, for sure, a little streetcar kind of sure. situation. Um, and we meet Cle- uh, Clev, who Cleve. Cleve? Mm-hmm. Cleve, who Cleve. is the sheriff, um, who is adorable. Dennis Liscom, who's a wonderful character actor. All these actors actually look at their... Yeah. Their stuff, so wonderful. Yeah. And he's dating Charlotte, the older sister. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have this scene at the dance. They have well, like, is like he was on the he's one of the sheriffs of the town. Mm-hmm. So he's got he's got a good job. He's good standing standing man. And they're at this dance. Um, they've been together for a long time, but he's finally like, it's been hey, three man. years, Charlie. And yeah. so he's been asking for a little bit more because he's a proper gentleman and he wants to get to, you know, he wants to marry her, basically. And he's asking if it's going to be okay. And we've got this beautiful, like, Zydeco band and music happening at this at this dance. And on the middle of the dance floor, she basically says, I can't give you what you want because she's too concerned with her sister. Mm-hmm. And they break up on the dance floor. Yeah, he says, I'm going to take my girl to the dance like always and explain why it has to end. Go. So You're breaking my heart here. So sad. <laughs> it's so sweet. And as she walks away, backs in the crowd, and he gets pulled by someone in the crowd, and they ask him to do like, he goes and does like a special little solo dance in the middle of the dance floor. And he's dancing a jig kind of as they've just broken up. But he's so the sheriff, so he's got to like put on the put face it. for the town. Yep. And so she melts into the crowd, and I... We'll definitely post this. I definitely stopped and took a little video of the the extra who's right behind her. Oh. Her face is creepy as hell. And I was like, oh, foreshadowing lady. Oh, wow. And just she kind of has this weird kind of smile and like slow clap. And it's crazy. Anyway. Oh, hands out to that extra. I didn't mm-hmm. notice her, but I'm excited to see when you yep. post it. Yep. Uh, so, but meanwhile, Etienne has kind of 
found his way into the house where he finds Lucy dancing by herself to some records. Yeah. And he's like, hey, we could dance together. Why don't we dance together? Come dance together. And just starts he's, to get real handsy. And he's, uh, I'm, I was so sad because before their thing looked so sweet and kind of innocent. Mm-hmm. But now you feel like, oh, it's Is this a the little... first time he's been handsy or he's been handsy before? I think he's been handsy before. Which is why Charlotte is wary of him, right? For sure. I think she gets that he, he, he has a definitely has a spent with her. And I was so sad because he looks like a really hot, like, Bayou Luke Perry. And I was a oh, uh-huh. little bit, right? Yeah, and he's got like, the cute accent. Yeah, and I was like, oh, he really is an actor. But he also, had, he also has trapper knowledge. So, you know, he's the whole package. He can do it all. <laughs> but he gets a little handsy, but he gets stopped by Matt Rutledge. Eric Stoltz walks in. Literal record scratch as he comes <laughs> in. That's how his entrance is. And he's mm. like, um, excuse me. Hello. And he's like, very proper. And he's a congressional aide from D.C. here to stay at this Bayou estate for a little R&R. Uh, and the next day, Etienne takes him out for a boat ride. Well, because it was part of what was on the, the package. package. They so they have like a breakfast. Yeah. yeah. So they're having like a bed and breakfast country in kind of thing experience so for the full experience it's like oh there's a bayou tour that you get as part of it and etienne is the one who provides the swamp tour basically but already getting on the boat they don't like each other and they can both tell they don't like each other so it's already they both clearly like the same girl right and like right away because lucy and freaking matt have sparks right away as yes. soon as she sees them, do like, you buy their chemistry because i do it's a fire yeah i was like holy goodness yeah as soon as he walked in because he came in and basically saves her from that moment too so she like inherently it's like a save the cat moment. She mm-hmm. inherently trusts him right away. Right. So on the boat ride, Matt asks who lives around here. Cause they seem to be in the middle of the swamp. And, uh, Etienne says, uh, trappers, shrimpers, a couple of psychos like me. Mm-hmm. You're like, Oh, are you psycho? Yeah. Are you just calling it out and being like, Hey, I'm fucking psycho. And he lets us know he is psycho. Uh, cause he does a nice little trick with a gun and was like, Hey man, nobody gets in her pants. Nobody. And shoots the gun, kills a bird. Bird falls in the water, and when we're in the bayou, remember. Yes. So he's like, "Hey, man, just go over and pick that bird up." And when he goes leaning to do anywhere, it, anywhere it's in the water, floating yeah. right by the boat. What's in the bayou water? Gator snap. And so he tries to pick up that bird, and that gator comes right up and nearly takes his hand with it. Terrified, yeah. I had a jump scare. I was like, "Oh God!" Because yeah, it's 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 a <laughs> it's such a great like just a moment of power that Etienne has over him. That's just like, I'm not fucking around. Like I could have killed you right now and I didn't, but I'm letting you know, I'm not fucking around. Yeah. Well done. It was a good little body scare. He doesn't need those city boys coming and taking his girl. Uh -uh. Even if he is a little rapey. Right. Oh, Etienne. That is kind of the crux, right? It's like, who can you trust? And who can you trust? It's very difficult, this whole film. Um, they have um, these tourists that come in from oh California. Okay, Are they so, from California? I thought they were from New York. I think they said something, Jersey. I thought they said something about LA. I could be wrong. I, they were very Jersey. They seem very, you're right. They One do. of them, the main actress actually looked up, looked up, I was obsessed with her because she's, her wig. Yes. So it's this older lady, like they feel like they're like, they feel like New Jersey Jewish people that like show up on this like bayou and they don't want to deal with bayou people. Strangely, they're like talking about how they don't like the French. And I'm like, you're literally in like the middle of like the Frenchiest part of like, you know, the United States and uh, people speaking Creole and everything around you. But they've showed up and like, oh, it's not as what we thought it looked like in the pictures. Uh, It's such a, there's such 
character. I, I guess everybody's kind of a caricature, but they're so far out. It just takes the tone of the movie really weird because they're really like loud and jokey and crazy. And I was like, that's not what this movie is. It's- but I think the juxtaposition comes as, as they realize with that, the question again, and like always is who's crazy, who's not, you know, kind of a thing, especially in this like kind of more psychological thriller situation that we're dealing with in this film. So I think it's just to poke fun of like, who do we really think is crazy? Is it these people who expected something that they probably shouldn't have have expected in this place. Mm-hmm. Also just to get that wig work that happens from that <laughs> Mrs. Bettelheim. We need some wig work. It looks like, um, like Bride of Frankenstein, basically mm-hmm. like it's black with like, but it's got like the white, white stripes. stripes in the front, like, like they're devil horns. Yeah. But it's clearly a wig. Cause her hairline is like, I mean, there's no lace front situation mm-hmm. happening here. It just <laughs> sits on the front of her forehead. Hey, Terry, what's your lace front situation? <laughs> Non-existent. <laughs> Me and Mrs. Bettelheim and Fran. Um, <laughs> So yeah, the garage tourists are there and there we um, also have a little moment with Bo the dog right here too. Oh, yeah, Bo. And so he's this old dog and that's where you kind of get a little bit about Mrs. Bettelheim too, the, the tourist where she's like, how old's the dog? Nice dog. And they're like, oh, he's 16. She's like, no, oh, you should put him to sleep now. Yeah. He's too old to, to be living. But uh, Matt's feeding him under the table. So he's getting a little, yeah, so a little later without all the guests. And Lucy doesn't normally drink, but will drink tonight and has a little glass of wine with a dinner. But there's a big storm. Mm-hmm. Lights go out. What's perfect when the lights go out? Ghost, ghost stories. stories. And apparently Lucy's very good. And Charlie get, you know, has her, her sister go out there and tell the guests some ghost stories. So the ghost story is that we, we learned that Lucy really believes that there are ghosts here in the swamp. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, in Widow's Cove, she has when she has seen dead fishermen, trappers, families with such longing in their eyes, little boys with decayed skin. Um, she and, says, I'm not afraid to look the dead in the face. Yeah. You're like, ooh. She's hardcore. And I feel like <laughs> if I saw that, I could see why it might flip your switch a little bit. Like you might go twang just a little bit. If you saw proof of like all of this crazy afterlife and they're all like there watching you, I mean, you might go crazy a little bit. I could see that. I think that's definitely what's up with her. Yeah. Do you know what I mean though? And like, and the fact that no one believes her, mm-hmm. but she's like, no, 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 legit. Like I know all the dead people around here. Let's talk about them. And like, she talks about them and it does creep the people to guest out. Except for the mom who's, as- the mom who's asleep. asleep. <laughs> she's like, meh, don't even care. And like, wow, uh, you've lived in a big city for too long. <laughs> but Etienne comes in at like just the right time. Well, he sees um, mm-hmm. them. They, they, they go up to shut all the windows. Right. And Lucy goes up to the attic window to shut it. Matt comes up with her, sees the, her paintings up there, which are like full of angst and longing. And Etienne sees and their silhouette kissing mm-hmm. in the window. So now he knows Etienne's going to be on the rampage because right. he didn't get in those pants. And so he's not going to get in those pants. No one, he if can he help. can't get in those pants, no one can. Exactly. So we've got lots of candlelight. I was wondering what the candle budget was on this film. Oh, yeah. That's a good like, question. Because literally... Almost every damn scene, there's like a crap ton of candles. And this, I wouldn't have done like a super candle super cut where it's like all scene set where there's like all the candles in rooms. I would love to see that. All right, fan super cut. If you would send it to us, we want as many. Oh. I mean, you can do the one in Dracula. You can do the one like the police video. Oh my God, there's so there's much. A scene in Lady in White. I mean, we could go up. So much candle. But you just know if you're in, you're never. Even in Jennifer's Body last week, yeah. there was like that but whole that's the candle thing, is, like, moment. It's never. 
I think guys should take note, like when you go into a room and it's full of candles, it's always to me a horrible sign. It's terrifying. It's like, like something terrible is going to happen here. That it's means not that like, there's going to be a fire and the or, house is going down or yeah. I'm about to be sacrificed. Yeah. <laughs> it's never like sexy fun times. Oh, there's candles. Not when you have a hundred fucking candles. Like if you have like one or two, yeah. I feel like, oh, that's a romantic dinner. Mm-hmm. But if you have like 75, <laughs> we're all going to die. Yep. We're dying. Mm-hmm. So, uh, mm-hmm. Matt sees Lucy takes one of her pills, asks mm-hmm. her what the pill is for, says, uh, keeps me steady. Does that make you nervous? And he says, your sister treats you like a child. Which she does. Mm-hmm. And it's never quite clear how old Lucy is. Like, it's very hard to gauge. You can't tell old Charlie is either no. anymore at this point. Like she could long, be yeah. 24. She could be like 40. Like, it's kind of as big. And it's the same with mm-hmm. Lucy. Like, there's kind of a big range of how old she can be. Right. And so, the, she and she kind of changes from acting like a child, acting like a woman, you know. She's got a little, not a little, she's got arrested development for sure. Like, yeah. that's, she's definitely got stunted somehow. But there's mm-hmm. also, we learn a secret hole in the attic that goes down into Lucy's room that you so, can watch her. Right. Sleep. And I feel like that's partly why from the first scene where she's having the dream that there's like something cracking the ceiling and the water's like gushing mm-hmm. down. I feel like it's a premonition for feeling like she's being watched from up there. Cause every now and again, Etienne gets up there and he moves this trunk aside that has all these old like kid things, I think in there from them and pops a little piece well, of we, the ceiling. We never see who's mm-hmm. watching. We assume it's Etienne watching, oh. but we never, see who it is watching so it could be kind of anybody right so is it charlotte is it etienne but Bo the dog looks up and he knows i wrote Bo knows Bo knows <laughs> Bo. but you know the movie's serious when you get a dog death and poor Bo hung to death with a vacuum cleaner cord and also stabbed and bloody in the closet which they come back to later in the movie and there's still blood all over the walls and it perplexed me so much i was like you didn't Clean, Why didn't they clean it? You didn't clean the blood off the walls? What? I wondered about that as well. Because uh, we cut to it a few times. But this is great, though, because you don't see that the dog's been hung right away. Like, there's a, a scene in front of the closet, literally from the other side of it. So the wall's covered in blood that's but, facing the camera. But the characters can't see it. The characters can't, the characters see, it. can't see it because the way they're reaching into the closet, it's, like, to the wrong side of it. And so literally three people have gone through this closet already um, at different points. And it's, you know... A little, a little comedy of errors, but sad. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So the next morning, um, Cleve comes over and um, drops by to check in on them and gets his raincoat. It's like his little consolation checking in. And that's how they find out about all the, the he shows, shows, shows the dog and everything happens there. So now who, who did the dog? Who killed the dog? We're trying to figure it out. We're trying to figure it out. We get, you know, a lot of this tension between Charlotte and Lucy about, oh, does she, you know, do you want me to call the doctors? It's like, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of like big red flags, something wrong with her. She's kind of crazy, folks, just so you know. Like, I feel like it's a lot of that. If, yeah, uh, and that's just too point, much. Too, we get the little crazy Ralph moment from Mrs. Bettelheim and Fran and her family, and they're like, they're leaving because yeah. they're like, in the middle of the night, she'd gotten up for snacks. And she was like, oh, there's no room service and it's not a holiday inn. You know, it's yeah. freaking I'm all these French nuts telling me ghost stories in the middle of the bayou. So they are out of there and they're telling uh, Matt, like, dude, I know you. I get that you like this girl. Mm-hmm. We can see it. We saw it right away last night while she's telling stories. You guys definitely have a thing. It's not worth it. This place is haunted and weird and crazy. Right. We recommend you get out of here. We are. And they're out. Yeah. I think that's their only device kind of in the film is to be like the bellwether of like, hey, dude, like giving you the warning. And she's the crazy Ralph. Like, yes. Get the hell out of here. But of course, doesn't listen. And would you? I don't. I mean, I don't. We I mean, we'll, we know. Mm-hmm. We know what the situation is. So uh, 
but Charlotte tells Lucy, like, I sent Matt away. Like, he's left. Mm -hmm. Like, he's gone. He's not coming back because he was just toying with you. That's what men do. Like, don't. And is really trying to keep them apart. But Matt is determined, comes back, breaks the window to get in. Mm -hmm. That's how determined he is. Well, Lucy had to break the window to make sure because, like, it's been like a push and pull with Charlotte. She's been trying to keep them apart. So she yes. told each one of them something, basically, that they don't want to see each other. But they really do because they're totally drawn toward yeah. each other. And, like, even through the rain and through all this craziness and stuff like that, Matt fights his way back because even after Paul tries to stop him on this bridge as he's driving through the rain yep. to, like, come back to her, he tries um, – Etienne is like, no, no, no. Like, you can't, you know, come see her. But we could have a um, smoldering sex scene. Which, because they find each other yep. and they're like, all right, it's on. And this is what they've been waiting for the whole time. Mm -hmm. Kind of, you've been anticipating this, I think, from the beginning, because we got that flash in the dream. Yep. I was like, oh, this is what it's really about. Fast mm -hmm. and sexy. Da -da 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 -da. But who's upstairs having a breakdown and watching her sister have sex? Charlotte. That's not twisted. Up by that weird hole that yep. we talked about earlier. So mm -hmm. she's up in the attic in basically Lucy's paint space, but there's that trunk and she moves that and puts that peephole and she watches like she's kind of enjoying it yep. which was like mm -hmm. real incesty weird yeah yeah well they haven't been in breakfast maybe she has a lot of opportunities to have gentlemen callers i maybe i wondered about that i wondered if this, this was like a thing that she's done many times before and like the sisters i don't know we don't know but we do get now we get the flashback of what the event was uh, the shared trauma that the shared they have. trauma that broke them both. Cause yes. you wonder why these women are broken. And now here's the real story. So back in the day, um, Charlotte had this boyfriend Judd mm -hmm. that her family did not approve of. Judd was not, was below their station and he, you know, cause they are, have this beautiful estate. So there's this big, huge party or wedding or something of some sort that they're having out on the, the lawn and it's gorgeous and it's Southern and everyone's wearing white and it's, you know, this one of those kinds of moments, but Charlotte and um, Judd run off into like this little old cemetery area. Of course, when you're having, cemetery that's the only place it feels safe i guess so that no one sees them they're making out and he pushes her a little further than she would like to go at the time and he insists and starts pushing her mm -hmm. until <gasps> who else is in the cemetery lucy's in the cemetery so they're they have a little battle and she hits him over the head and then there's with a, a brick with a brick and you're like well if you got to do something that's something to do um and then Judd kind of, I know this is going to sound very Chicago, and I guess that's fitting, being a Bill Condon movie and all. Mm -hmm. But Judd kind of walks into the knife, like they have the knife, and you're like he's like coming towards them. And she's like, "Please stop, please stop," and mm -hmm. then just kind of like walks into it. So I wouldn't say it's a hundred percent their fault. <laughs> but, no, I don't. Yeah, I think. I mean, she's she's fighting him off. But they they make the promise never. You know, they're going to roll the body in the swamp. They're going to never, never talk, talk about, about this it. again. And, but the problem is, is that Judd had on a cap that was very distinctive, this red cap that we saw earlier in the film, too, because they had flashes of this kind of before. And the cap's missing. And the cap is missing when, they, when they're dragging his body through the woods, because in the hustle and bustle and the shock, I'm sure they didn't realize that it was gone. So little Lucy runs back to the graveyard and sees a figure by the um, gravestones and stuff that looks like Etienne, but actually... And here we get the 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 reveal, the twist. The I like we get like the close up of like his eyes going dark as we find out that Matt is actually Judd's little brother and was there that night and saw them kill his brother and is back for revenge. And no one has recognized him this whole time, except 
people do start kind of putting it together around the same time, of course, as you do, mm-hmm. because Cleve is at the at the sheriff's station has asked for old files to be brought up. He's like, actually, that Judd murder, I'd like to review that case because they're worried about what kind of has been happening out there. And that was one of those cold cases that never quite got solved because we never found the body for right. him. So... So, uh, it's time for the big final act showdown. And so we have this kind of, you know, Matt and Charlotte playing, trying to play Lucy to either side and trying to make her think, yeah, yeah who you, you're going to trust, trust her. So, yeah. So Matt's playing into the fact that Charlotte has not been, you know, letting Lucy live her life basically and that she babies her and that she tells her information that may or may not be true. And so he's basically tries to invalidate everything that she's saying to her. And also mentions that she had her incarcerated and medicated so she wouldn't tell, which is you would have problems with your sister. I mean, this is a, this is a whole, but is that why, or did she have a break after that too? Right. I wonder if it's a, like, who's, that's, who's actually telling who's the truth, really telling the truth. Cause that's where you're like, okay. But like, if she cracked, cause she saw a death like this, that's plausible too. And not just for keeping it under wraps, but also like, remember now she sees dead people. Yeah. So maybe Judd's always kind of around now. And that would be mm, interesting. To why we want to have drugs to stop. Yes. You might want to, you, know? you might want to stop that. I feel like that could be valid as well. <laughs> Can I just say that we don't often get menacing Eric Stoltz and we don't often get sexy Eric Stoltz. And we, we got don't, it all in we this didn't, movie. We never get menacing, sexy Eric Stoltz. And this is both. And I was into it. I was very, I was also very into that. And, and I, I bought like, it. I was like, Ooh, he's kind of scary. Cause I've never, that's what I thought this whole time. I was like, I've never seen him do a role like this, like where he's just this, like, just out for badness, yeah. but he uses his, cause he's got that beautiful, you know, that this, <laughs> this cheekbones structure, right. And like, he's got that beautifulness about him and he uses it mm-hmm. to, for evil in this right. in such a nice way because you want to believe him. Yeah. Cause he looks like such a he nice like guy. An angel. Right. So this year, by the way, 1987, mm-hmm. he did uh, some kind of wonderful. Yes this movie mm-hmm. and then a movie called Lionheart, which I had never heard of, which yeah, I just looked I up because you... I was like, what is that? It was directed, uh, it was produced by Francis Ford Coppola and Jack Schwartzman. And it's him and Gabriel Byrne. It's like a King Arthur, K- King Richard. It's like Lionheart, right? So That's so weird. I'd never heard of it. I was like, where was that? How have I never heard of that this movie? That one got buried. Crazy. Some kind of wonderful beat all of it though. Cause that's like out of the ones you want to see him do. I mean, Eric Stoltz, I think never really got the like, you know, he's great and he's always consistently great and he's overlooked because he's consistently great. I've loved him forever. You know, we have menacing Eric Stoltz mm-hmm. in uh, Butterfly Effect. He's a menacing Eric oh, Stoltz. He's really scary in that movie. I forgot I've about that. I've not seen that. Uh, but uh, Lucy ends up choosing Matt and like, they're going to go off together. Yeah, she gives her, because her sister had come down with a shotgun, like they're ready for this final brawl basically. Mm-hmm. And she, and um, she hands, the, gets the shotgun over to Matt. And it's just like, they get out of there. So they're having, yeah, they're having the chase and he wants to, he wants revenge. He wants to hear Charlotte say that he killed, he, she killed his brother. He's got his brother's hat that he kept because he's the one who found the hat over mm-hmm. by the graveyard at that time. And he's held on to this whole time. And did we skip the part? Was this the part where he comes and finds Etienne now too? Uh, maybe we skipped it. I think so. Cause he kills Etienne right, right. before this. Oh, with the um, arrows with the arrows. So like he has this whole like cat and mouse because Etienne had been part of the cover up this whole time too, because even though he didn't know, like he was, he somehow had been protecting the sisters. And so he's like, I got to take the protection down basically. Yeah. So he goes out and he kills Etienne and Lucy tries to tell Charlotte that Etienne is dead and she thinks she's crazy. Yeah. And that's where the part I think that helps feed into, cause she's trying mm-hmm. to tell her, no, 
no, no, you need to take your pills. Etienne is fine. No one's dead. And she's like, he literally died in my arms after I saw this other, like someone else like right. shot him. And so she thinks it was like somebody else out there. So everybody's it. playing everybody and they're all trying to confuse Lucy is like, yeah. seems to be the goal. And then we have yep. this kind of reversal of like time coming back around where Lucy ends up clocking Matt over the head again. And then there's this kind of battle with cops and Matt yeah, and so Matt. Yeah, so shows up. And Matt Because he realizes him. that dang little, that Matt is Judd's little brother. And he mm-hmm. shows up to come to try to rescue the ladies, but. Nope. Matt shoots him and there's a big chase. And then we have the kind of going to drown her. And we get this, this premonition of she had this drowning dream and now she's being drowned. But who comes to save her at the last minute? Swamp ghosts. Swamp ghosts. All the ghosts, basically, that she's been seeing are real because... They drag him down into the depths. They drag him down into the depths. They twist her so they're on top of each other, basically. And he's, like, pushing her down into the water. Then all of a sudden, they turn over and now he's in the water and she's on top. And the owl swamp ghosts suck him into the swamp and keep him. And all all of a sudden, you see her reaching out her hand out to the swamp. Um, You see all the ghosts from her perspective, but then her sister finds her and... There's no one there. But now for Lucy, like she, now she has to see his ghost for the rest of her life. He's going to like join the swamp ghost, right? Or not. Or the swamp ghosts help keep him at bay. Mm. I'm not sure. Okay. But then, I think all the other ghosts were like mostly good people. It looked like I didn't see Judd or whatever, but okay, that's who knows? True. So then we uh, cut to the wedding. Uh, Charlotte and Cleaver are going to get married finally. Now that all of that yeah. hubbub is down, and Lucy's going to be a bridesmaid. She goes upstairs to get her hat and takes like nice she's little hanging out. She's like, oh my god, hi sister, where are you? Oh my god, oh I forgot my hat. Looks in the mirror, sees Matt in the reflection, and then mirror smash. Cut to black. Hmm. And then end credits. What was that? Or like it was a romance. Because the, the end credits are like beautiful shots of them. Right. Like from the film. Like it was like but like what, it was what, like somewhere in time or something. Like, like it was a romance the, movie. The cheap, it's such a cheap grab. The like mirror smashed coming for you ending. It just. I wasn't sure if he was coming fit. through the mirror or I don't, if. I don't know. It feels like it fits in this. Like I understand you have to have your last scare. Like I get it. But yeah. like it feels like a, like a Friday the 13th part six. Like I feel like they could have thing, done you know? her seeing him and then turned back and then He's gone gonna, away. That would have been a little without bit. Without the mirror smashing. I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, so this movie's a bit of a mess. Um, I would say it's not terribly entertaining. The performances are interesting to watch. And if, if you if you want to see a menacing, sexy Eric Stoltz, this is the movie for you. 100%. You get to see his butt. You get to see Jennifer Jones' boobs. Like literally in the first minute. And yeah. not just one time you see her boobs. You get to see her boobs quite a lot. And yeah. they look very, very good in this film. She's always got nice boobs. No, they still... I was actually looking at her IMDb like uh-huh. <laughs> earlier today and I was like... Damn, she still they still look very, very good. Oh, yeah. Very good job, mm-hmm. Jennifer Jason Lee. You're very good job. So Bill, Bill Cotton's starting here. Gonna get better. Dude, he's gonna get so much better. Like, I mean, he's going on and gonna do like gods and monsters, and yeah. he's gonna do like some of no the, problem. the best films. <laughs> this film This was a first film. Mm-hmm. And it's I don't I think I it wasn't bad it. for a first film. I really thought like he did well with casting. Yes. The actors are great. Judith Ivy, who plays Charlotte, is like a two-time Tony Award-winning actress, like amazing performer. I think they all did a really good job with what they had. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Though was the script a little mm, Sure. Yes. Was the acting great? I think they all did what I did. They did their jobs. So let's get to some gore factor here. Do it. One, not enough blood to fill a Dixie cup. Two, puddle of blood. Three, enough blood to gross out the average viewer. Four, bathtub of blood. Five, run for the barf bag. We gave this film a two. Yeah. As far as gore. Um, Not terribly gory. It's not terribly gory. Some arrows. Arrows and some like impalement kind of things. And like shots. Shots and 
just some scary things and some jump, jump gator scare snaps. things. Gator snaps. Uh, movie mm-hmm. ratings, zero to five chainsaws. One, if you're desperate. Two, barely qualifies as a horror film. Three, seen worse, seen better. Four, not too shabby. And five, fantastical. Uh, I gave Sister Sister a two, barely qualifies as a horror film. I had uh, three... Okay. After talking seen with you more. about it, well, I'll give. I'll still leave it a three. Okay. Seen worse, seen better. Um, you know, it's it's not like oh my god, life changing, but I enjoyed Eric Stoltz being creepy. I enjoyed Eric Stoltz being creepy. I don't. It's not terribly. I mean, it's more of like a drama, murder mystery drama, more than a mm-hmm. horror movie. I would guess. Yeah. It's but, more thriller. You know, when street. this is from the Notebook, so we're just going what they had at Gold Star Video in Irvine in the horror section. So some of them may not like Jaws. Is it a horror movie? Aliens? Is it sci-fi? Who knows? These are like things that we could debate. But Sister Sister was in the horror section of this video store, and here it's it is. Got in ghosts the notebook. and like all ghosts kinds of and stuff. People get killed. Some metaphysical and, and paranormal stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I think so are we? Assuming that Lucy is crazy or is not crazy. I was assuming she's not crazy. I think she's not crazy. I think she just sees dead people and she happens to like live in the wrong place. Mm -hmm. You know, like surrounded by ghosts. Maybe move if you're surrounded by ghosts. I don't think she got like that kind of mobility. And that was also the thing because like, you know, her um, cleave was like trying to get them to move and you got the willows what are you gonna do and they didn't want to even leave remember like she was like you guys need to evacuate like there's some problems here because like the power kept going out and there was mm-hmm. all kinds of issues and nope so Ooh. tell us next week what is on the docket oh more terry's picks more terry's picks well, let's do this um we're gonna do the descent next yes. week i'm very excited i have yeah. not seen this film what you know why why I'm terrified of caves i didn't I'm really, I'm, ter- not, I'm really terrified of caves. Oh my God. Okay. I did not know that. Yeah. Else I probably wouldn't have picked this. No, but. no, it's fine. I'll watch it. Cause I've been avoiding it for, uh, for years? like 15 years Yeah, because I've always been like, I don't know, man, that's going to be real intense. Yeah. And so I, but I'm willing to do it's it. It's one of the top ones. And it's one that I, um, worked, um, doing press for another film called quarries that is about women on a hike. And I remember like going back and like looking at this too. And cause it reminded me of that. It also reminds me a little bit of the ritual. Yes. So it's like people out in the woods and uh-huh. hiking and all that kind of stuff. And like camping and hiking trips going wrong mm-hmm. here for it all right well i'm yeah. excited let's delve into the descent. the descent so we'll see you next week for that you guys yes and don't forget to check us out on our social media yeah. our twitter our, our instagram our facebook we have our patreon which we'd love for you to join oh my god please. we've been putting out several things every month different interviews and newsletters and all sorts of exciting things yeah so uh please check us out we love you and we love to hear your feedback and thanks for being awesome yeah. listeners and we got some stuff coming up soon we're tackling some of the movies you guys have suggested so yeah Thank you so much. Keep that coming. The list is huge, but we love it. Yeah. It means we get to go on forever. Yes. That's what it means. Please right? keep, keep we'll suggesting just, forever yeah. and, and ever and ever. And ever. ever.